Yo, what's up? It's your girl, Father Longlegs. Happy New Year. It's the end of 2021. Um, I hope you guys are staying safe. I know this clip show came out a little later than I had promised, but it is the last day of 2021. So, in fact, it's right on time. Um, once again, I am continuing the tradition of talking you through top 10 clips of the year. Um, the There is no particular criteria for this. Mostly because I really enjoy the reflective nature of going back through and listening to the episodes. I feel like I've grown a lot. My guests have grown a lot. Or we've all, I guess, interacted. I don't want to say like grow in a patronizing way because I always say it in a good way for myself. But I can see how telling someone else they've grown does sound patronizing. So um, maybe I should address that by saying I get a lot of... um, value okay I <laughs> well look at me being all PC uh comedy's dead anyways no my point is I really do um feel like after talking through with so many people that I already admire and respect whenever I go back and listen to episodes I learn more things about them about me find new depths and part of me doing this clip show in the beginning was you know just as a reflective way and to remind you of some of the fun moments of the year, but I've come to really look forward to it because it I really do sit down and a year is so much time and I really love going through and listening to these clips and finding like these moments and kind of weaving together the theme and how much this pod has kind of changed and formed into this whole like, like I guess, what do you call it, headquarters? stomping grounds it's kind of been this like stop for um people who are interested in talking about you know neuroscience um or research when it comes to like mental wellness mental health body trauma um you know I've made friends and had confidants on the pod who are um a shout out what's up Julia doing research on um literally neuroscience and somatic therapy which I think is fucking incredible um so this episode this end of the year clip show surprise surprise actually captures a lot of those themes and it's wild for me to go through because I don't start from a place where I ask guests to come on to talk about that the only one question I ask them all besides you know the silly good confession is you know how did you do you go to therapy and you know that manifests in different ways I keep it really loose there's no right or wrong way to do self-care but I like to ask people to so that we can kind of share our experiences and um, hopefully it helps you see different journeys Um, but yet well I guess then also we do comedy so those are the two things we have in common but yet the themes that have come out overwhelmingly this year are really really about like the idea of seeing other perspectives living in a non-binary world exploring the possibility that there's more to neuroscience and your like uh, mental illness than we've previously have understood, um, but hopefully in a lighter tone. So I'm very excited about this year's recap. Um, I won't really make too many announcements um, as if you've never heard an episode like this before. All of these clips are taken from episodes released in 2021 with guests, new guests from 2021. Okay, so we're not including iconic confessions um, from past years. 
And uh, I'll do a little intro before each clip, and then I'll play the clip unedited, and uh, that's it. So, you know, some of them might be familiar to you. Hopefully, you get a little refreshing course. They're all a few minutes long. So, you know, I hope that you listen and reflect, um, but feel free to skip ahead or whatever. Um, there's no particular criteria, okay? So I don't use the rubric. I kind of just go with my gut and find some clips I like. Um so, you know, if you guys had favorite clips that didn't make it, I'd love to hear from you. And I'm sure the guests would. There are all the conversations I have, I put like a lot of effort into just like being present in and I so do my guests, so they're all worth while listening to. But in case you missed a few, here are here's an episode with like a bunch of powerful bomb clips. And in between, I might play some music, um, which uh, I may or may not have the rights to. So anyways, enjoy. Happy New Year's. Um, I'll uh, see you guys in 2022. We'll be back with more episodes. Um, just follow at Inst- uh, on Instagram at Tell Me Anything Pod for all the details. And yes, I know that I am droning on and on, but I do want to say, because this is important, I have canceled my live shows for the end of the year most of you already know that because you follow me and also because you know the omarion virus is taking over la and i want everyone to be safe including myself so um i'm hoping to be able to plan some more live shows and maybe even a tour next year but all that is up in the air so in the meantime kiss your mothers or you know your brothers or whatever you know family members slash self you know if you're not on good terms with your family and your hot dogs or whatever um take care of yourself uh and I'm always online at (laughs) too much truly it's I'm online too much so you can always message me tell me anything pod at gmail.com or at Teresa Lee bot on instagram Okay, let's get into this first clip. Um, I'm sure some of you saw this coming because I tweet about loving couples pods all the time. But this February, I had the pleasure of doing a special Valentine's Day episode with power comedian couple Kelsey Kane and Martin Urbano. And it's one of my favorite episodes of all time. Um, It is chaotic and insane. But if you know any of us, um, you know that it's like exactly what it's perfect. Um, We do talk over each other in a way where I think is endearing. Um, I don't know. I apologize if it was too annoying for you. If you didn't get through the episode, I picked a clip. This moment stands out to me like across five seasons because not only are they both super human, um, just like incredibly kind, nice people who go out of their way to help others, but also like so funny and, you know, not that you have to be funny to be liked, but they are. Um, but in this episode, we I had them both do confessions to each other, and they got so honest. They, like, they really understood the assignment. And, you know, I keep it light on this pod. I tell people they can get as serious or as goofy as they want. Um, we just want to have a good time. But they, they got serious, and it was really still very fun. But this clip I love so much because, like, through just being authentic and communicating with each other, we, like, got to this point that you'll hear where um, – Kelsey talks about wanting to have more compliments, like her love language being different from Martin. Martin talking about his anxiety with comedy and his relationship with comedy not being the same as Kelsey and sort of not wanting to bring judgment into the relationship. And then we bring up this idea of having a PowerPoint presentation and just the reaction and the flow of this is so fun. Like I can just see how they are such a great couple together, are able to have conflict without... um, I don't know how you would say that, but like, I think, okay, the best way I could say this is uh, they have a relationship that allows space for conflict 
and love. Like conflict feeds the love and informs the love. And then you can hear that so clearly in this clip. I love it so much. Enjoy this clip with Kelsey Kane and Martin Urbano. I wouldn't feel like he's lying to me if he was trying to hide. But he he might not have the same definition of of success. Like in the same way, I'm like you're the person I want to be having sex with, and I'm going to be happy. But like if I'm like, oh my god, I've never seen a dick this big, and you must be like the biggest. Like that is when I start to go, I'm not being authentic. Whereas like authenticity. So he's he's telling you he loves you no matter if you make it or not, and you're saying you want him to love you because you're going to make it. You know what? I think just as a professional performer who's been in a relationship with me now for five years, uh-huh. if he can't master this skill, then every once in a while he should make a PowerPoint or something. Interesting. And okay. like oh. fucking give yourself some homework All right, to like give me what I'm asking for. Like a gesture for. of love? I can do that. That could be, I mean, honestly. Like if it's not something that just rolls off the cuff, then like it's like, like just like try. If that Martin made you a PowerPoint and it was funny and it got specific, would you be happy about that? I would cry. I would sit there and I'd cry. I mean, that would be a good idea. I would sit there and I would cry. Sometimes I just sit there just thinking about how much I love her and then I don't say anything. (laughs) Because I'm just like, I just love her. And then I'll just give her a look and be like, that was me saying that, (laughs) you know, feeling all those feelings. So if I just took those feelings out of my head, put them into, you know, dot dot ppx uh, then it would be it's uh, your love language yeah. comedy yeah. um and then it's yeah. a way that marries both um the compliments and the writing i mean I i'm think... just i'm just think as a professional writer and performer if you can't well, i have give... an odd relationship with performance i have a it's odd, not, it's I, the I same like anybody, everyone like anybody else would. is odd in but, but who's a performer in a way you know, martin is telling you that he doesn't think of you as a job and a source of stress the way he does with his career because you Very provide true. a um, unconditional support and love which yeah, but not. I'm saying I think he should. <laughs> and that's yeah. one of our bigger issues. Is <laughs> and I feel like there's the fact that you're communicating it means that, like, yeah, the PowerPoint thing might sound silly, but that sounds like a better solution than having the same conversation again. Well, now um, yeah. I feel like I came up with the PowerPoint, so mm. I will be like, mm, points off for originality there. <laughs> <laughs> I'm making daddies out of dads. I'm not a baddie, I'm just bad. This next clip is with Francesca Fiorentini. If you'll remember, it's the season finale of season four, but it was still this year. Um, uh, Yeah, remember how we did a whole mini pod this summer? Congratulations. If you haven't listened to that, you should go back. It's a wild trip to listen to me talking about wanting to make my short film and um, being on set for Curb because now all of that is in the past. And it's on to the next. Um, all things I'm proud of. But so, like, if I hadn't done that pot, it would really just feel like I'm on this hamster wheel and nothing's happening. So it's it's a good reminder. And I think everyone has moments like that. I'm sorry I'm sniffing so much. I'm drinking iced coffee and it's cold in my house. <sighs> okay, we'll try to sniff less. This episode, I'm sorry, this clip with Francesca, um, I had so much fun. I, rem- I remember thinking, like, this would be a funny sketch. Um, but, you know, I just don't have the bandwidth to make it. But, um... So feel free to take it if you want. Tag me. Uh, Francesca got Botox on a Groupon and describes the first time stepping in to the spa, quote unquote. Um, but she describes it like a horror movie. And I just feel like it's such a funny visual and really like does put things in perspective the way, you know, um, we view beauty and the pain we're willing to go through for that. 
And of course I go into this place and it is like I've never been in a beauty spot, which I don't know why they call it a spa, number one, <laughs> right? Like it like no one's getting a massage. You're getting like, you know, in, again, injected. At all. It's not relaxing. There's like cucumber water and you see like all these ladies in like chemical peels and they're all just like like one lady just like totally swollen and just like looking at me like eh. and then you just it was very like ghost of Christmas oh future. God. It's like um uh well I'm only referring to the movie version of like like uh those heroin houses cuz I'm like I'm sure no, it's not exactly really all what like it was. That. But yeah, like the movie, you know, in the movie, it's like an really opium extreme. den. You, you walk in and there's like needles and there's people in the corner yeah, like tripping. Like, just get some. <laughs> it's just a few units. Oh my God. <laughs> Do the peel, man. That's exactly <laughs> what. <laughs> No, but it, oh but it was God. very, okay, so, but it was very clean, obviously, it was love, you know, it was very nice, and all the women at the front desk looked like, you know, just like, taut Barbie-faced <laughs> women, and they were like, I was like, so, you know, I'm very, I've got fairly masculine energy, so I was very like, what's up, like, hey, <laughs> what, um, like, so, like, how often do you do this, you know, and I'm just trying to be cool, and what, but I'm, like, secretly really fucking scared, uh-huh. and the lady's like, well... When my husband can tell that I'm mad, I know I need to get another round. Oh my it's god. Like, Honey, that sounds like you've got bigger problems than yeah, lines on your wow, face. Holy shit. Therapy. So, anyway, and I also didn't know. I got so I think it was I forgot how much it was, but it was 30 units. Okay, I have like literally no reference. Okay. To you've never done Botox? No, but I have friends who do it, so I should know. I, you know, this is why I realized I should have, like, learned more about it. And this is what... Because I'm like, I, it's not even a thing where I think that it's good that I don't do it. Like, I'm not opposed to it. I no, but you need to be... I just don't have the budget. I just don't have the budget. Totally. You know? It's expensive. It's expensive. And you definitely need to be educated. It's a little bit like I don't... I mean, it's good that I don't do coke, but I also wouldn't know <laughs> how much to do if I ever did. I still <laughs> feel I mean? that way when I go to dispensaries and I've gotten medical um, marijuana oh, we, before. I, way yeah. before it was like, now it's like legal everywhere, but like, well, not everywhere, but in California. We live in California, recording in California, FYI. Yeah, <laughs> New York is going to be legal. But like, um, every time I go in, I'm still like, they're like, what do you want to look at? I'm like, oh, that one. And how much, the just about this much. And I'll like, just be like, how about uh, enough for me to smoke every few days? And, and they're like, what are you talking about? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> I'm like, I have no idea. Like, you're like, how I much wanna, is what? <laughs> I want to not think about my career for an hour, but I also don't want to be too <laughs> paranoid that I only think about my career for the next five hours as I'm coming down off of this high. Okay, this next clip is with Ben Boy. And those who can't, um, I first had the pleasure of seeing his comedy. Uh, I want to say it was actually in Denver, but um, I really, well, we talk about this moment in the pod, uh, the full pod, not in this clip, but the first time I really like was like, wow, this man has guts, uh, was when he did, um, uh, he got a tattoo for, to, in order to win a live comedy show he was doing that was not televised or even live stream and not even sold out. Uh, but it was a fun show and it was really, really funny. And um, if I recall correctly, he didn't win and that was 
because it was even funnier. Um, it was him against Kyle Kinane. Hilarious. Did it for the bit. That's called commitment. Um, I love this clip so much because Ben is someone who I respect and admire and has like a really uh, like successful career and so many you know younger comics look up to him and sort of see his trajectory as someone who's like they aspire to be and he gets really honest about the anxiety he feels um you know it it followed him to set when he was on the show he created you know what I mean like it's like no matter where you are there you are and I like just how he addresses it so head-on and so like soberly I mean I say that not like in us you know what I mean I, I mean um astutely just like so matter of factly like this is what I'm going through and this is what I need to do to deal with it and make my life continue and I love that I think sometimes we think just because things are hard um that's the end of it but sometimes things are hard and you can do them and yes I'm not saying it's like easy but it's just like yeah it could be hard but you could do it and I just love that he kind of shows that light like you can just figure out what you need to keep going and do it enjoy this clip with Ben. I get into these cycles where, I mean, I've ended up a shut-in. I lived in an mm. apartment that had no furniture in it for like three weeks, sleeping on the floor because I could not wow. leave uh, the apartment. And when it gets bad, I become a shut-in. Like, I, yeah. I just can't. Uh, I'll create, and I'm sure people listening know this feeling, I create fictional borders. Like, uh-huh. I can't cross the threshold of my, you know? like yeah. Yeah, you, yeah, it's almost like when you don't feel... I, I mean, I think the research is like, there's still going to be so much more coming out, but from, and I'm not an expert, so feel free to correct me if you guys know, but from what I um, understand, it's like when you st- your body doesn't feel safe. It's almost like an allergic reaction. That's why it's interesting when we talk about panic attacks where, where we're connecting now, because it's not like it's not happening. Like, you are having those symptoms. It's just you're not, you're not in danger, but you are in danger by your body so it's silly when people go calm down because if your throat's closing up it's closing up it's not like that's fake but um the borders are almost a way for you to try to create more safety but Mm -hmm. that is almost counterintuitive because then it keeps you from going into the world where you can actually realize that you're safe so it's this weird like thing yeah Yeah. it's um, i it's definitely a form of obsessive compulsive Mm -hmm disorder and you know i've been i just read i've been i've read a few books i love uh, to read and and uh, and i've read michael pollan's book you know about how to change your mind with psychedelics and things Mm -hmm. and they're talking about in it that obsessive compulsive and um anxiety anxietal type thinking and panic based disorders um are a rigidity of thinking Mm -hmm. you know you you get caught in loops and narratives Mm -hmm. that you tell yourself and that's exactly what happens. I mean, when I get yeah. into these, they become very cyclical. Yeah. I just think the same things over and over again, whether or not they're true But they, the thing is, they were true at some point, which is the part I think we're finally learning to talk about. I've done EMDR before for, like, trauma, and it's mm-hmm. it's done wonders, but it's they literally describe it like it's like a glitch almost where – like in the code of patterns of what you believe um, at some point, you know, if, if there's something traumatic, it doesn't get processed correctly. So then anytime something reminds you of that, even if you don't realize it does, it could be like a smell or a feeling or whatever, then you glitch again. And yeah. that's help. That's helped me thinking about it like a computer, even though I know, I mean, I think I'm overly emotional for, so, for some people. It's better to think more emotional, but for me, it helps to be like, 
these are boop boop beep boop reactions you know because <laughs> yeah. then i can like be like let me diagnose like let me do the startup disc recovery mode or whatever yeah yeah defrag your brain yeah like This next clip is with Deborah Di Giovanni, one of the funniest people I ever seen um, and currently doing comedy, like literally never ever seen her bomb. She has the energy of a hundred people and can keep literally a dive bar that's like the worst, um, you know, late night show that nobody is attending occupied like she can perform in front of stadium and she can perform in front of two people and they will be captivated i fucking love her um with me taking a sip of coffee i'm sorry look it's my holidays too um i love this clip with zebra because we talked about her relationship with her mother her late mother and she gets really serious and it was really moving and you know not that um, you know, I have mommy issues, love my mom as well, but um, she's also a twin. So in this clip specifically, she talks about how she came to terms with her relationship with her mother, how she was able to heal and address her needs with her mom on her terms um, and find closure. And also the moment when she realized that like, her relationship with her mom was very different from her sibling's relationship with her mom, and that was okay. I think it's super important for everyone to realize that. Like, family might be a unit but there are different experiences within it different um patterns different needs and it, it it's okay if you have a different relationship with your parents than your siblings um, it doesn't mean you love them less or or they love you less it just means you are different people and you have different experiences and i love the way she phrases it so eloquently so enjoy yeah it's it has it's been healing because it's it really is because then it's like we left on such a good note and now i don't have to worry anymore mm. and there's that whole thing of like i don't have to worry about like the the, the angst of like the relationship mm -hmm. with me and my mother is gone now do you know and now it's it's gone and it just it just feels it, there's a freedom now in yeah. it do you That's know really where it's beautiful. not like I imagine she feels that way too because I, I was just gonna say, and like yeah. I bet she, I, I bet any money that my mother is kind of going. I'm so glad I left on a good yeah. note with Deborah, and now we're done. Do you know what I mean? Because she's the one that called was, and said that, and, yeah. and you know, she, it, I think, she wanted it too. She wanted yeah. it too. You know, she really wanted. She knew that we had a rift. She knew that it was hard, and so and I think I think there is that sort of like, and you know, and, and I do, and I often feel, you know, and the, and the confession of it is like I feel guilty often because you know my my twin sister, you know, mm -hmm. they still my siblings still talk about, you know, I miss mom so much. Mm. And like my brain always goes, Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. You know, and like, because, but, but it's like, it's, it's different for me. You know, it's just, it's different yeah. for me. And that is a, that's something that I've, you know, I always feel it's nice to say it a lot. Cause I do, I've always feel a little guilty. I feel yes. Miss my mother. But like, I didn't realize how much my siblings, mm. like my twin sister, like still cries over it. And I think, you know, now like, four years gone i'm kind of like oh okay you know and it, and it feels it makes me feel like a bad person but mm. then at the same time i know in my heart mm -hmm. that you know we were good and you know we really got to say goodbye to each yeah. other and that now it's like there is sort of the i don't know like i just i feel like a lot of changes yeah. have happened and like more progress
halfway through this next clip with Mike Kaplan. So funny, a wordsmith. I honestly, when I listen back to this episode, I cringe at myself for how much I got excited and talked over him and interrupted him, even though he usually does that, I think. But um, And I could tell he was being very patient and kind with me. I don't mean he usually does that to me. He's just a wordy person. And I got so excited because he really has a kind of comedy and just is a kind of conversationalist that makes you like really excited and spin your wheels thinking and you want to share everything that's going on in your brain. And he has a good calculated way of not making you feel like you aren't being heard, um, which I need to learn because I'm still, you know, I get a little zealous and then I talk over people and I really want to work on that. 2022, here I come. Less interrupting, I hope. Fingers crossed. Okay. But um, I love this clip with Mike because he's just so insightful and what he what we ended up talking about his confession was uh this part wasn't uh it was towards the end when we were just talking about sort of the idea of radical honesty and how even when you want things to be a certain way you can't ignore how others perceive you but it doesn't mean you have to be a you know in the prison of that perception um he has better words to describe it than i do but it sort of came about because i was talking about the idea of wanting to not feel shame talking about sex and wanting to express myself creatively and sexually and openly um, in a safe way. And I never realized until we started talking about it that I think what made me feel uncomfortable was the respect, right? Because I, as an adult, don't feel there's anything wrong with talking about sex. But what scares people is them not knowing if you'll respect their boundaries if they set them. And so we kind of get into it. And I really hope that this kind of changes some people's way of thinking like not this podcast specifically but these types of conversations um because when you realize that like if respect is present in a relationship you can make your own rules with the person with the other people in that relationship and there shouldn't be like these blanket boundaries like that we hold ourselves uh, in shame about you know for wanting to like certain things so obviously he quotes dan savage wonderful um you know <laughs> guru on this stuff so enjoy this clip with mike kaplan it does seem like overall slowly progress is being made on the on the systems level and then also you know on the the various individuals level and so i'm sure that you're doing a great service for uh the people i i hope some some little kids are listening right now oh God, no. um <laughs> well i i try to be careful about like because i'm like i know a lot i like to not censor myself and so I'll talk about you know things that are adult but I also don't try to like if I'm in front of kids I won't but I think that's the difference people it comes down to the respect like I respect the room but I think some people are so not used to hearing that out of like especially in the Asian community at all now it's changing but that they might think oh if you're doing that that means you don't respect the rules at all but I'm like I, I've been a camp counselor like I yeah why would I I'm an adult person <laughs> like it's like very different oh, yeah. to be an adult There's... talking to adults like there's different yeah there's different rules yeah. for different games like yeah. you know every almost every person would speak to you know even i wonder you know there's like the i forget what it's called like brutal honesty or like there's some you know just oh, like yeah. all maximum honesty like all the time honesty but that's idea. also no respect i think because when people I, do that there's a there's like a, i don't care what you think if it hurts you i need to get the truth out 
Yeah, I mean, and I think people who who abide by that, you know, mentality, like probably like might lose some friends over it. And then hopefully, hopefully you get to play the the game with the rules that mm. you want to with the people who also, you know, opt in to play those rules. And like so but I like when I would talk when I talk to my mom, she doesn't like swearing. So mm. I don't swear with my mom, not because I'm censoring myself, not because it's like like but but it's my First Amendment freedom of speech right to to be able to swear with my mom but like yeah i and i have that freedom i can swear with yeah. my mom but i don't because i know that she it, it would make her unhappy and i don't need to like if i ever like with my comedy i swear in my comedy sometimes uh -huh. and if she's uh if she listens to an album that has swearing on it like she understands that that's a thing that can happen and she can listen she doesn't want to yeah, like yeah. dan savage uh talked about like in his he wrote a book he wrote a few autobiographical books and he talks about sex for a living and so he was like uh when i gave the book to my mother i was like don't read this chapter if you mm -hmm. don't want to learn about things that you might not want to learn about like he says that she would always say like there are some things that like a mother has a right not to know about her child and there's probably things that a child has if you don't want to know things about your parents sex like or if you don't know things about your mm -hmm. child or your family or whatever it is like it doesn't mean that you're uptight it i mean it means that you are uh you live in our society and you yeah. are who you are yeah Lo siento, Ramping up into the theme of 2021, which is just like thinking differently and shifting your perspective. I would say, honestly, I'm not saying I like the Matrix Resurrections. I had a lot of issues with how they presented um, the promise to talk about seeing the world non-binary and then end it sort of in this weird um, cliche binary. But anyways, that's for another day. Maybe I'll make a video about it. Maybe I won't. But uh, maybe the spoon is real. Maybe the spoon is not. But uh, this next clip is with Kai Glow Webb. Uh, we had so much fun. Uh, this was early in the year, and I, I think it might have been one of the first episodes, and I almost forgot it was this year because I had like it felt so far away. But Kai Glow was one of the people I met on TikTok when I kind of dived into that world, and they really opened my eyes to like a whole different side of TikTok, like people connecting, sharing ideas about their trauma, spirituality, religion, in a really open way, like. Kygo comes from a really religious background and then kind of left that to discover their own selves and doesn't shun the good parts of their religious upbringing, like takes the parts that they liked that do connect humanity and sort of thought more critically about the parts that, you know, were a little bit more about control and power that the institutions of, you know, mass power tend to perpetuate. But I really enjoyed this conversation. And this clip specifically is towards the end of the episode when we start talking about 5D and Ascension, something that really scared me and made me think of cults, um, to be honest, still kind of does because it sounds a lot like Scientology, but I'm not judging. Okay, <laughs> whatever you do, as long as you have an open mind, hey, practice whatever you want. But I mean, I have friends who are witches, you know, but um, and my dad's a born again Christian. So truly do whatever you want, as long as you love yourself and people. But Kaigalo um, answers some questions for me very kindly, some dumb questions I have, um, and really frames it in a cool way, like explains the idea of wokeness when it's being used as a weapon versus actually being used for progress. And I think they put it so 
neatly that I'm not gonna say anymore. I'm just gonna let you listen to this clip. Okay, enjoy. Yeah, that's a really good question. I'm really glad you answered that, or you asked that, because that's something I've been thinking about lately with people is that within religion, one of the most uh, not beneficial things that I had to go through was moralizing mm. everything moralizing sex, moralizing mm. drugs, moralizing the way you talk to someone, moralizing who you hang out with, you know, like saved versus unsaved, woke versus not woke. Mm -hmm. um, all Very these binary. Once more, it's this like, yeah. And people will stand in the middle and go, I don't feel this way and I don't feel this way. It's like, and then you still can't see that that means by default, there's a, at least a third. But then mm -hmm. you just feel, I need a fit. I, like, but then it's like, you exist. So that means others like you exist exactly yes and so similarly in religion it people can fall prey and they can call it oh this open field of mm. believe whatever you want you know what take whatever resonates with you and then create this doctrine and mm. then moralize spirituality and so falling uh -huh. into the same thing as a certain religion that moralizes their doctrine um so there's a narrative where they've taken something that, like, um, I can I can understand the quantum physics behind the dimensions, mm -hmm. but they start to moralize the dimensions, and they start to um, say, oh, well, I'm in D a 5D, and you're not. What do people and do in religion? What oh, is I'm 5D saying, for people who've never heard? Because I, I could try to explain what I think it is, but I'm, I'm not sure I even have it right. Like, it, to me, it's, like, been shown in many ways in... Like, your TikTok resonated because it felt like, okay, you're grounded. And then I get a lot of very, very, like, I think, like, mm -hmm. I, when I say Scientology, I mean, like, literally, like, names I've never seen. I'm like, where did it come from, though? I've never heard, like, it's just, like, mm. ancient stories that aren't really rooted in any, right. any source that I can find that are, like, you mm. know you're a child of the star. And I'm like, uh, what? Where is this? Can I find this anywhere? <laughs> <laughs> so what is 5D yeah, and uh, what is, uh, or to you, or what, how do you, would you define it? Well, it's funny. I just, I actually just did a TikTok on this, which is super cool. Um, but so the dimensions, um, so in quantum physics, um, there are a list of dimensions that mm. people uh, perceive. Some people think that there's 10, some scientists believe there's 12. Personally, I'm in the camp that believes there could be 12 dimensions. Um, but it's truly no one knows for sure how many dimensions are in. Um, and so the first uh, three are the X, Y, Z plane. So mm. how we interact and move. And then the fourth dimension is considered time by scientists. And mm. um, the fifth dimension is in reference to like from a scientific point of view, the fifth dimension is just another dimension of awareness mm. that we um, that you can either perceive or not perceive. And then mm. again, um, within that people have moralized the dimensions which is interesting because like you wouldn't like, how could you moralize the X dimension? You know, it's like things aren't <laughs> an X line, you know what I mean? Yeah, true. So, um, and so I guess what people do is they take perception and they create a dualistic perspective of, oh, well, see, I'm 5D because I love everyone and I'm woke and you're not woke. <laughs> But that doesn't make that any sense so because funny if you're when you truly, say it that way, <laughs> you, know, it's, you wouldn't create a dichotomy yeah. if you perceive more than everyone else. If you perceive more, mm -hmm. you see more like God. And if God is oneness, if source, you know, we come from a perfect one source, love and unity, you wouldn't create a dichotomy of like, I'm better than yeah. you. You wouldn't split your, if you believe you're all one, you wouldn't split yourself 
off like that. Pushers so fire. I can't believe I said fire earnestly, but I did. Oh, who am I? A 60-year-old man, a radio DJ. Um, and, but I love this next clip. Um, honestly, one of my comedy heroes and super excited to actually have become friends with him. But um, this next clip features River Butcher. Um, we have similar to the themes that have been ongoing in my head all of 2021. We talk about the idea of the in between, the third, the switch, um, this idea that like sometimes we see this world in black and white and binary, Republican, Democrat, but the truth is if we can discern that there's a bit of us on each side, then it stands to reason that nobody really falls 100% on both sides. And River puts it really in this cool way coming from Ohio and from the middle of America where the politics are more divided. Um, he really shows that like, it is never just like a red and blue state. And so I really enjoy this conversation. I also really like um, that I kind of jump in because I'm very excited, but I like how that river holds me accountable for um, some of the things I say because I I come out of the gate really wanting an idealist, utopian view of the world. And I think um, it was a bit naive and, um, and river was not condescending and very much um, kind of like explain his point of view in a way that made me see it and real and I I just like I really love this conversation so much and and maybe because me and River already know each other and respect each other it's very easy to have a free-flowing conversation like this but I hope that it can be an example of just like how you can discuss things and realize like hmm it's not about proving your point it's about sharing your point and then finding common ground and I really honestly recognize some of the wording I use um, off the bat wasn't exactly as informed as it could have been. So I want to use this clip as an example for how I grew. Um, and um, thank you so much for being on the show, River. In my own experience of like life and my experience of myself, uh, and like sort of, I hesitate to say coming out as trans, although I did do that mm. because I, ha I live a somewhat public life. Um, and I felt like it was important to specifically say those things as opposed to being quiet about it, um, that it is something like it is like you seek medical treatment for being trans, you know, which yeah, is huh, the, yeah. the solution for me. This is for me. Mm -hmm. I'm not a doctor, but I, like I take testosterone, mm -hmm. right? Because I am trans and that is the solution. The solution is not I am trans and there's something wrong with that. Mm. It's that I am trans and the medical solution for that is to take testosterone. Yeah, you know? but even like and the next level of that is, because I, 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 I hear what you're saying. There's, it's still very much like swimming upstream against this like, because you really have to like go sort of on, on your own way to find like what to do as opposed to like, oh, if you are trans and you know you you have a built-in community and friends and life that the life and community would sort of make space and just like adjust right. like that's what most like of nature does you know when yeah they're you know i mean animals really just adjust with their tribe and i feel like we've lost so much of that um adapt adaptability as humans because 
now it's mm-hmm. like yeah you have to go do all these things and, and it's like there is a way for the world to also put in that work and i don't for sure think they're doing it and it's like well it's so i mean strange. i know it's i think it's easy to think that they're not well Both okay things are true. True. i don't mean nobody is but i mean there's this <laughs> yeah. against the, like that you have to come out at all this feeling instead of being like this sure. is where we all are but but i i, I it's a weird because it's like recognizing where i want to be in the world and knowing we're not there so we can't skip ahead you know we can't just erase any yeah. of these experiences because right they're still yeah yeah because I, I mean i've definitely seen people you know like there's like national coming out day right mm-hmm. on and like on twitter i i often see people who are who identify as straight and as like allies say things to the effect of like I hope one day people don't have to come out and I bristle at that mm-hmm. because it is a, it is a cultural experience. You yeah. know, it is, it is where we are. You know, that is the thing yes, is like, yeah. I believe that utopia is tomorrow. You know, like I actually believe those things. I think everything is possible. Mm-hmm. Everything that we want for humanity, you know, to, to end suffering, all those things are possible, but it doesn't mean that, the experience is erased. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. It's like, like people it, saying it, colorblind as a way to say they're right. Not, yeah, it's, I, I agree. Yeah, yeah like, to clarify. I was I, listening yeah. to, yeah, of course. And like, I was listening to En Vogue, you know, like, and uh, Free Your Mind, I think is oh, the right. song. And she's like, be colorblind, <laughs> don't be so shallow. And I was thinking about how interesting that is that she says, like, be colorblind, don't be so shallow. And like, it's like both, right? Like, mm-hmm. like I am not colorblind, right? Like, I am not, I'm like, oh, I don't see color. It, it's just, it's like, it's a practice. Yeah. That is not the only thing. And we don't become these ideas. Like mm-hmm. it almost reminds me of how everybody's talking about blue states and red states. It's like, that doesn't exist. Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. That, is, that yeah. is like from, that is literally from news on yeah. TV for election night. That's literally all that it means. Like it, it's not, this is not an indication of good or bad. It's, it's literally just like, oh, this is how this state voted in the last presidential election. Hey, yeah. Watch it bouncing on the ground, got my edges sweating now, turn it up extra loud. Oh, it's a night we stepping out, been a minute since I found someone who could hold it down. Okay. Three more clips left. This next clip features Whitmer Thomas, hilarious comedian. I had the pleasure of acting in his feature film this year. Um, I can't wait to share it when it comes out. But um, really someone I admire a lot, like as an artist, as I mean, if you haven't seen a special, the golden one on HBO yet, please do watch it. It actually came out right at the beginning of the first pandemic, 2020 first wave. So, um, you know, he's joked about how it's like this big moment and then, you know, having to figure it out after that. But um, I love this conversation because Whitmer really gets honest about the struggles he went through financially and how difficult it was to continue chasing a dream. And he's not like self-pitying about it is you know we're all here because we know we have a dream but we also know dreams are stupid okay that's not what I mean but you know what I mean like we are not complaining about following our dreams like it's something you want to do and it's hard but yeah it's a fucking dream for a reason so this clip where it talks about how you fake it till you make it and the advice he has for people who want to pursue the creative arts specifically okay we do talk um just to give you a context we do talk about how like money is stupid and you don't need it and Specifically, that's in the context of making it in Hollywood, okay? 
or as an artist. Like, obviously, we need money and poverty is a real issue and people, the haves and the have-nots, like, can be a real problem, especially when the haves get too much power. So I'm not talking about that. But specifically, we're talking about people who, like, have a choice to, like, you know, quote-unquote settle into, like, a reasonable career their parents want them to do versus chasing their dreams. And Wit just, like, lays it out. Like, just be fucking broke and make it work. And um, I really like that mentality because, hey, flash forward to end of the year. Look, I've been freelancing since February, and it is fucking terrifying. But here I am alive, so proud of myself, proud of you, you know, any of you who want to do it or have done it, please let me know. But I love this mentality. So enjoy this clip with the Whitmer Thomas. Um, well, and money doesn't solve anything. Like, mm. I mean, it, it solves so much, really. But <laughs> it doesn't, no, I know like, what you mean. There's always more problems, more things anything. to pay Yeah, yeah. Life and life. And like another thing to consider is like when your biggest problem in your creative in your life is like, I got to figure out how to pay rent. It kind of rocks because no matter what, you have that big problem. But then once that goes away and you've like figured out, oh, wow, I can pay rent for a long time. Then you have to like really start thinking about <laughs> doing stuff. Life. <laughs> and it's like, whoa, whoops. But the other part of it is I getting like, a dog. I feel like I just oh, yeah, started dude, feeling I, stable. And I, well, I have, I've had it for, for a few years now, but it, it took me a while to like, it brings out a lot of those anxiety issues of like, oh, I finally learned how to take care of myself. Just kidding. No, take care of another life. Yeah, that's why I won't get a dog. <laughs> but it really, it's like, just like accept that you're broke and uh -huh. just like, don't let it consume you totally. You know, yeah, there's obviously exceptions. I'm just talking about mostly when people like, if people ask me about moving to California yeah. or to New York, like, I'm just like, don't fucking plan the next two years of your life in Alabama yeah. saving money every day so you can get an apartment in New York or LA because it's gonna just disappear immediately yes. and just like move there broke yeah and, that's and, smart because that it really matter is... like just go now you um, do kind of figure because you're kind of, yeah that's I don't know why like um this is kind of different but what you're saying about like just moving into a place that you had the most rent ever like it's almost like you're creating hurdles but you know that's where you want to end up you want to be able to pay it so if you have all it's like a math equation where you're like I, I don't know how I'm going to pay it yet but I do know in order to be this person who pays this rent and has the money I do have to live in a place with this rent so then you're almost like solving from the back of the equation yeah. like I did that once when I decided to quit my, my first full-time job when I moved here was like producing for Cracked and I they let me write a lot but like I officially got in as a producer and I wanted to Right, so when I finally left them, I like quit to be a like pursue full time like comedy and writing, and I knew before I left that it might be a while before I got something. So I moved apartments and signed a lease for a studio that was like the most expensive place I've ever lived, and like twice what I had was paying before really cheap at NoHo. And I it sounded weird, but in my head I think I thought, well, if I can't make this rent, like this isn't that was a rent that you should have been able to make if you're like working as a writer and I, I wasn't there yet but I was like if I want my next year to work out I should at least like start as if it's gonna happen and yeah it, it like it did which is the weird thing because I remember that feeling of moving and be like the panic of like I just took my safety net away but also of going I'm alive today I'll be alive tomorrow at some point if I run out I'll figure it out like I won't just it won't be like zero bank account die like it'll like 
it will suck, but it I won't die. So yeah, yeah and, I don't know. and yeah, everything's gonna be okay. It's like fucking. <laughs> There's all there's ways to fucking make money and also you get so good as you get older at like figuring out how to fucking get money or at least I did like mm-hmm. fucking food stamps or or uh you know unemployment or like rigging shopping at unemployment. Ross no. <laughs> shopping at Ross yeah sure Two more clips left. This clip, um, it was recent, so you may have heard it, but I really want to include it because, you know, these year-end episodes come at the end of the year. And I don't know, maybe you're listening to this in April. I fucking love this conversation with Cameron Farmer. I had just, like, gotten to know them pretty much during the pandemic. Um, Basically, we did a show together on my birthday in 2020 uh, when things were back outdoors for a second. And then almost a year later, did a show together again. And I was like, you got to do my pod. You're hilarious. But Cameron talks about um, a serious matter in such a light, like authentic way that I just want to share it because this is like the vibe that I like to bring to life. And it's just just being yourself. Like they talk about um, having these like mood swings or bipolar meltdowns with their partner and then just deciding to take ownership of what they can control, which is, you know, the moment and saying like let's just twerk and let's just dance and let's be silly and I love it because it's not saying that everything's okay all the time it's not saying like oh it's it's you know shrug off your feelings you don't feel sad it's acknowledging and making space for all of it right the shitty parts but also saying like given it's shitty what could we build on top of the shitty okay let's build on top of the shit in a way that makes it less shitty. Um, and also, you know I love to twerk. And I do this on my own. I fucking love this. I'm just glad there's more people in the twerk when you're sad boat, okay? I'm spreading the gospel right now. So enjoy this clip with Cameron Farmer. That's something that I do with my partner, Colin. It's like, he also has bipolar. And so like, sometimes there'll be a time in our relationship where we're both kind of like bawling back and mm. forth, trying to like help the other person. Um, but like when he's in a really, really bad spot and he's just like doomer, just like sight, like cyclical, just like, uh, Mm, fucking spiraling, spiraling. Yeah. Mm -hmm. I'll just be like, okay, I'm going to make you twerk. And he gets so mad. He's like, I'm not doing that. That's Ah! fucking bullshit. And I'm like, no, I'm turning on like the dumbest song and you have to twerk. And I just like make him twerk until he starts like laughing because he's realizing he's like so mad with his stupid face like shaking his ass and it's like you can't you have to just release this like you have to get out of this and that helps so much too even though it's so stupid and literally infuriating for him yeah. it is also like extremely helpful to just be like okay yeah i need to just relax i love that i don't like on so many levels like the partnership because it's so much of it like helping each other but also because I do this alone and I thought it was weird <laughs> but I actually think there's like well I know then we should do more so there are signs to it but not to get too into it but you know like how animals will shake when they are stressed out it is oh, literally yeah. to relieve stress but I've found like d- during my most like lockdown when I w- had nowhere to go and I was having um, panic attacks I would like be on the ground all fetal position and then suddenly get up I would like hit a point where I would just get up and my body would start like dancing yeah and I'll put on music and twerk literally 
I qu like crying and twerking, but it is literally to get that feeling out. And so, yeah. I mean, there is really like a scientific part to that, which I love. I think there is science to twerking. <laughs> yeah. <for sure. laughs> In the dead of the night, I have these dreams. What'll happen to me? Will I burn out? Have I been wrong? What does it mean? All these things can't understand why. Say something's wrong with me. Oh my god, we made it to the end. Wow, I'm feeling nostalgic having gone through all of these clips. This last and final clip is probably hands down my favorite moment of the entire year. Like, it had me dying, but also like crying and also like just truly like changed something within me. And I think what's cool about it, and you'll hear is that I think live on the pod, Shannon also, my guest Shannon Hardy also had a moment like this where we just talk about the, like, our attraction to ghosts and the occult and how it ties into being closeted um, queer and bisexual girls growing up, not realizing we were bi until much later in life and or like not consciously defining it the way that, you know, we always knew, you know, she liked women, girls, got crushes on girls, so did I, but like, we didn't have that mainstream uh, model. And um, there's a moment, which you'll hear in this clip, when I asked her if some of the um, wanting to flirt with ghosts had anything to do with that. And then we make the most incredible discovery that she actually befriended a freaking lesbian ghost. And she thinks that it's possible this lesbian ghost was the one flirting with her. And it's just like, even if it's not real, it's a wild journey to be taken on um, in discovering all this in the pod. But, you know, I low-key stand that it's real, okay? So enjoy this clip with Shannon Hardy. But so I would, like, I would I would put my hands on the board and I'd be like, do you think I'm hot? Like, <gasps> I, like, so crazy. Aw, no, that's so endearing. Cause... Oh. No? Would, oh, would, well, what did it say? I hope I it was nice. Well, he would be like, yes. And I'd be like, do you want to fuck me? Like, what? Like, I was like this, like, very shy girl just, like, getting <gasps> Oh, my God. Like, but the so how did you, like, when it, you were like, is anyone there? You were, like, already envisioned it's a hot yeah. Like, it's kind of already in your mind. Like, that's Casper. You know what? It, it This is a nut, like, I'm being so honest. But I was 14. And I was like, it's probably some, like, John Proctor-ass man talking to me right now. But I don't even care because, like, I... I'm like, I'm just like, so even in your uh, fantasy imagination, you're being catfished. Oh, my God. By a ghost. Well, I was like, I, you know, I believe that you can't really when you're talking to a Ouija board, you don't know who the hell you're talking to. Like, this could be some this could be anyone just like pretending to be like this could be uh -huh. any pretending to be any other person or it could be I mean, if you believe in them, it could be a demon just trying That's to like true. talk with like a young innocent girl. And I don't know, I guess I just didn't care. I was like, ah. <laughs> That's the, probably the strongest protection against yeah. demons though. Because yeah. like, just cause a de like if you're willingly flirting with a demon, the demon might think they're gonna trick you later. But if everything you're doing, you wanna do, then you're not gonna suddenly cross a line. Because you'll just be like, oh, no, that's what I wanted, thanks. But, like, if the demon was like, oh, you, they could use your shame against you maybe. But, like, if you mm. were just like, no, this is cool, then, you know, you're just flirting with the demon. <laughs> like, yeah. whatever, I guess. But um, that is wild. So you were scared 
like of getting caught or you were in the moment you were like this is fun and then you felt like was it more like shame later I mean so I think that in the moment it felt like it felt like me owning my sexuality what am I supposed to do that's it thank you so much for tuning in to the end of the year 2021 clip show this is you can tell me anything i am your father your mother your baby your holy ghost um the music you heard i is just some of my favorite songs from the year um i mean some of them may have come out last year but um this is what i'm feeling right now so i will uh list them all real quick in order um in the order you heard them chaos mode by desi pretty savage by blackpink Crazy Family from the Adam Taylor movie by Meg Thee Stallion and Jay Balvin, I believe. Creature by Grace Gaustad, Lo Siento, Tiny, and Bad Bunny. Church by Allison Wonderland. Taste of You by Rez and Dove Cameron. Bouncing by Tanache. Saw her do it live. Crushed it. Um, and Sad People by Kid Cudi. Uh, and right now in the background is Taste of You again, just because I fucking love that video. If you haven't seen it, you should watch it. Super especially if you're a queer girl uh, and you like, you know, grew up watching 90s movies and um, just a lot of, uh, you know, horror movies slash queer erotica. Okay, that's all. Thank you so much to Hoo Ha Ha, the team there for hosting this podcast. Um, This has been so fun. I will obviously be back next year, so don't need to say goodbye, but you can always write me, tell me anything pod at gmail.com. The intro theme song was written by Cody Johnston. Um, you can follow us on Instagram at Tommy and Goodbye. Happy New Year. Goodbye.